When a patient's prognosis is uncertain, clinicians often aim to use the best available evidence to report the probabilities of discrete complications. But although numbers may quantify uncertainty, they offer little assistance with decisions about how to manage it, and patients often struggle to interpret more dire forecasts. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Gretchen Schwarzy, an Associate Professor in the Division of Vascular Surgery at the University of Wisconsin. Dr. Schwarzy has co-authored a perspective article about how scenario planning can help patients with a serious illness imagine what their future might hold. Dr. Schwarzy, in your article, you described the process of scenario planning with an elderly man whose evaluation after an accident turned up broken ribs and metastases. What kinds of patients do you find benefit most from this sort of approach? Well, I think patients who are facing very difficult decisions that are somewhat of a surprise to them. So I think a lot of us as clinicians think, how would this patient who had cancer not have any understanding that he was going to die? And yet many people live with chronic, life-limiting illnesses, and they live well with them until they have a specific event. They suddenly need an operation, they have an accident, they get septic. And these are the moments when they have to really reframe what's going on for them in order to think through the decision in a way that's right for them. As you write in your article, patients with a serious illness or patients who are facing high-risk treatment need more interpretation of the available data. They don't need more data. So who on the patient's medical team should be responsible for that kind of interpretation and for the scenario planning? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think all of us could probably do this better. And I think one thing that scenario planning may help us do better is work together as a group to tell the same story. So as a surgeon, I certainly want to be responsible for talking to patients about treatment options, particularly when one of those options is surgery or like for this trauma patient, aggressive treatment in the ICU. But I think all of us, when we talk to patients, we tend to tell different stories or give slightly different prognostic information, and that can disorient people. So I think if all of us were on the same page about what we thought the best-case scenario might look like for a patient, we could help allow the patient visualize what is possible or even what is plausible and then move forward. So I'm not sure that there's real ownership about who should be doing this, and it's more about how we could do this together. So you write that scenarios allow decision makers to appreciate causal relationships and to imagine a range of outcomes when they have a sound analysis of the present situation. Do you nonetheless find that patients still tend to focus on the best case scenario? How do you manage patients' expectations? Yeah, I think all of us want the best case scenario, and I think the best case scenario can be used in two different ways. So the first is that if you describe a story and say, this is what we can hope for, this is the best case scenario, if everything goes well, and you describe a story that starts from today and treatments with burdens of treatment that would come along from day to day to day, and the outcome weeks, months down the road is unacceptable to the patient, then you know that that treatment is not appropriate for the patient. So you can use best case scenario, first of all, to identify the patient for whom the treatment is just simply not appropriate. But I agree with you. I think most people would say, well, I'm hoping for that best case scenario. and I'm okay. If the best case scenario is the outcome, I'm okay with that. And I think all of us would like to hope for the best, but it's still important to be able to prepare for other possible outcomes. So if I then go on to describe the worst case scenario and the most likely scenario, and patients say to me, I'm hoping for the best case scenario, several days along the course of this illness, 
patients and family will recognize, wow, this is starting to look a lot more like most likely, or even what you said was worst case scenario. And recognize that they're off the course for that best case scenario and stop doing things like burdensome treatments that are unlikely to reach their goals. How much of scenario planning is based on outcomes data and how much comes from a physician's own experience? Yeah, I actually think that this is the place where uh, scenario planning can be used best, where we don't have a lot of outcomes data. And this typically happens when people have an acute on chronic illness. They have multiple comorbid conditions, like the uh, priest that we give as our example. We know a lot about people who have rib fractures and what their outcomes are. We don't have a lot of people who are 87 and also have metastatic cancer. And so scenario planning allows the clinician to use use his or her experience to combine all of that information and then tell a story about how all of those things would interact together. Because we know how things like cancer turn out. We know how things like rib fractures turn out. And this allows us to tell a story that combines all of those elements together when there's uncertainty about whether this gentleman's respiratory status will get better or not. Can you give another example, another case where scenario planning has been useful? Yeah, absolutely. So as a vascular surgeon, I often have to talk to patients and families in the setting of very acute and surprising illnesses. And oftentimes I will say, you know, there's a 50% chance of death, a 60% chance of kidney failure, and an 80% chance of needing to be on a ventilator long term. And you can imagine how they interpret that because a 50% chance of death means a 50% chance that the patient will still be alive. And a 60% chance of having kidney failure is a 40% chance of not having kidney failure. An 80% chance of needing a ventilator is a 20% chance of not needing a ventilator. And you can imagine the patient and family going down the list and saying, well, 50, 40, 20, I have a 20% chance of being exactly like I was before you did this large aneurysm repair or leg revascularization, and that's never in the cards. It is always very difficult to get frail elderly patients through difficult high-risk operations and being exactly like you were before. That was never a possibility. So scenario planning allows us to put boundaries around the limits of what is possible and then use clinical judgment to say, and this is what I know about you and where I think you might lie within those boundaries. And for some patients who are, you know, better than average, you might say, wow, it's a lot like this best case scenario. And some people who you know are just barely making it at home, you say, you know, for you what's most likely is unfortunately down here with worst case scenario. Finally, you write that physicians may find scenario planning intuitively appealing and may even claim that they already do it, but you say that scenario planning and forecasting are actually quite different things. Yeah. Um, Oftentimes, when I'm talking about this strategy, people will say, oh, I do that all the time. For example, I told this patient in clinic just the other day that the best case scenario was that she had a 25% chance of getting off the operating room table. And unfortunately, that's not what we're going for. Scenario replanning requires taking the uncertain parts. For example, the patient that we present in our paper here, it was uncertain how his respiratory status was going to go. 
And then telling a story about the elements in between now and a downstream outcome that allows patients and families to understand the interrelated parts, the burdens of treatment along the way, and how they might actually experience the range of plausible outcomes. And that's very different than saying you have a 25% chance of X and that's the best case scenario. And so it's great because people think that they can do it and we love the enthusiasm about it. But to do it well really requires a rethinking of how we talk to patients now using things like storytelling, but also being clear about what we know and what is likely to follow after certain events that are uncertain. So it's this idea about managing the uncertainty and presenting an organized way to say, I can't predict the future, but if it all goes well, this is the story I see. And that's a bit different than how we do it now, and it really does take some practice. Thank you, Dr. Schwarzy.